the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. (laughs) Anything you want to talk about, you direct the show today if you call in 800-516-1220. I won't talk back in black if you see where I'm going at with that. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. I have an older mother, and I have a father who passed away way too early. So I approach retirement with those thoughts in mind. My dad was 58 years old. Kind of sucks. Way too early, right? But he drank too much. He went to Vietnam a couple times. He smoked. Bad combinations for living longer. New uh, data came out yesterday that after three years of seeing declines in mortality rates, uh, age age rate when you die, we've seen a pickup again. So we're starting to say, hey, we're going to live to 78 years old, 78.6 years old kind of thing. For me, if I retired today, I would have to cover 28 years of income. And I don't even get Social Security for another 10. So I can't retire today. I could. You know why I don't? Probably the number one reason is I want a higher Social Security check. I know you're saying you're greedy. Well, I just don't want to be 92 and have to live 40 years on no income. Another reason I want to stick around is Social Security. It's mathematically based on your career earnings. And the last few years do add to it significantly. And another reason, because I have health care. Have you seen the price of health care? You know, I, I do wish in hindsight that I had self-insured myself 30 years ago instead of giving, you know, $200 a month to my company for my health care. If I just put that in a stock market account and called, Rob, called it Rob's Health Savings Account. So if you're younger, you can consider that if you have a run of health in your family. If you're sickly, you can't do that. My mom made it to 80 plus, so she can go any day now. And I sadly hope she does. It's an awful thing to say out loud, but her quality of life is considerably diminished at this point in time. She's got a little osteoporosis. She's had a couple strokes. She's got dementia. Not dementia, but old timers. As a kid, I couldn't say the words. I called it old timers because my grandmother had it. Uh Uh-oh, means it runs in my family. My dad had a heart attack. Uh Uh-oh, he died before he was 60. That's bad news. Do you know why? Because when you go to get life insurance, you get three strikes. One of them is, do you have a parent who died before 60? So it didn't hurt me because the other factors were okay, but it could have hurt me. Um, just, you know, some stuff that goes through my mind. You don't have to pay attention to me. Just ignore the man behind the curtain. I get it. 
I do want you to get a retirement and I do want you to have a healthier life. So one of the things you could do if you're overweight is start losing weight because 60 to 100, it stinks and you have to carry around extra baggage. And hey, I'm a walking billboard for losing weight. So I got to get there. Another thing you can do, brush your freaking fragging teeth. Teeth cost a lot of money to replace and it's no fun going with dentures. Floss. Floss twice a day. My dentist is a very good man, and he tells me things that I don't know if other dentists ever told me. He says, Rob, you're not floss enough. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So he got me into a twice-a-day routine. It's disgusting. I do it while I drive. Disgusting, right? But I still do it, because that's going to be a major cost later in life. Fair? I had a cavity that cracked in the back of my mouth. And uh, it basically took the tooth with it, so I had to get a replacement. A molar that's fake, ceramic, whatever. And I got a permanent replacement, so it's drilled into my jaw. Um, I don't recommend that. It's a good $8,000 from starting to fit. Now, the cost is coming down. But when you put cadaver skin in your jaw because they're drilling a, 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 uh, a screw into it, they got to, like, protect you and stuff. It is not cheap, and it is not fun. So that's out there. And I know you're saying, you have cavities. Disgusting. I had two cavities my whole life, and that's it. And they both happened right around when I was 10. Unfortunately, my dad was in the military, so, and no knock against military dentists. But let's just say they're not the same. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to be mean. I got a good show planned for you. Um, my mom is another investment lesson that we should hit on real quick. She's in what's called elder care. It is the most depressing place I've ever been in my life. And yet it's, 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 it's better than her being in her own home, falling off her bed like she did and sitting in her own feces for three days and almost die. But it's still depressing. All your friends die. First year she was there, she was a little bit social. After that, she just stays in her room. When I visit her, I walk past the hallway where there's a TV and there's like a fireplace and there's uh, a cafeteria, the cafe kind of thing. I see some people out of the rooms. And let me just tell you, being 80 plus stinks. People are crouched over. People are asleep watching TV. People look like they could barely move an arm. Your health is something that's wonderful, especially in your 20s. So my mom's in what's called a long-term care. Now, it's also called assisted living. How much do you think that is a year? It's kind of like a hotel room. And it's kind of like a hotel room. It's a hotel for old people. But they also come by your room, essentially, and bring you medicines and help you with uh, changing your diapers and stuff like that. They shoot insulin into you if you're diabetic. It's $100,000 a year. That's a lot of money. So now do you see why you have to have at least $400,000 to retire? At least $400,000. Because Social Security, it covers about nothing. After you pay for any health care in your life, because health care is not free in retirement, a lot of people think, hey, I'm going to retire, I get free health care. That's not how it works. Uh, there's a health care plan for you called Medicaid. Medicare, Medi-Cal. There's various forms in different states and situations like that. 
And uh, it's not the greatest care. Uh, you can choose different plans. You can choose different doctors and things like that. And it gets a little bit better, but it, it, it's costly. It's not free. So basically, my Social Security is going to cover my health care, hopefully, in retirement. Hopefully, it doesn't go much more over that. But they say if you retire today at 62, you could expect to spend about a quarter of a million dollars in health care in your retirement years. That's $250,000 to $400,000 I want you to have. I want you to have a million to four million so you can have a better cushion. But you see where I'm going at with this? Anyhow, and anyway, big seminar coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can't sign up for it at Twitter, but you can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get into the event. I'm exhausted. I feel like I've been driving all night long for three days. It's not that bad. Um, February 6th. Palo Alto, Elks Lodge. Listen to commercials. You'll hear more. Use code RADIO25 to get in. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. We are all different animals. Some people want to leave their money to their children. Some people want to spend all their money. There's a bad joke in the financial planning world is the day you die, you want to bounce a check to the corner, not the corner, the funeral home. Ha ha kind of thing. It's not funny, right? Because you know what they would do with me. They'd pull me out of the coffin and drag me through the streets naked. That'd be the last image my kids see of me. You bounce a check to me? Isn't it funny? I haven't written a check in it feels like forever. I hate writing checks. That's a thing that's going away. So earning $40,000 in Omaha used to be enough for the average American to rent a home in Omaha, Nebraska. That's changing. The middle class is being priced out of even affordable homing homes, housing I was looking for. I turned housing into homing. I'm not getting old. And I'm not dyslexic. Okay, I'm getting old. The costs for housing, housing costs, are slipping out of the grasp of the average person who's a middle class citizen. Because the people who make more money are becoming renters and, and fusing housing. So the crisis is starting to hit areas like Omaha, Nebraska. Don't even talk about California. And I heard uh, some of our um, elected officials in last week say, oh, we've got to work on affordable housing in California. Good luck with that. From 2011 to 2018, the proportion of households making thirty dollars to $45,000 a year that were cost burdened, paying more than 30% of their income on rent soared. In areas like Nashville, Tennessee, Greenville, South Carolina, uh, McKellen, Texas. McKellen, Texas. Isn't that a scotch? Oh, it is. But not so much in this case. So inside that phrase I just said, 30% of your income should go to rent, should go to housing. If you're doing more than 30%, you're in trouble. You're not having enough to save for retirement. You're not having enough to save for emergencies. You're not having enough to save for worst-case scenarios. 
Because you look at your income as a pie of 100, right? If 30% of that pie, a third of the pie, and I love pie. Favorite? Probably an apple cinnamon. But that's neither here nor there. Thank you. Um, you don't want 30 more. Because look at it this way. You make a, let's say you have 100% income. 25% goes to the federal government. 10% goes to the state. So now that's 35% of the pie. And 30% going to housing. Oh, oh, good God. Right? Give yourself employed. You're pointing even more taxes. Because your employer's not paying half your social security taxes. So there's not a lot of wiggle room. So when I see that Omaha, Nebraska is having housing affordability issues, it makes me cringe for my children. Because in the back of my mind, I could say, okay, I live in San Francisco, the greatest city in the nation. Like I could like hide behind that, but my kids can't afford to live there unless they're going to live in like literally a closet. I knew someone who lived in a closet. It was fascinating. And it was rent controlled. That's the best part about it. So she took it over from a guy who had it for like 10 years. So it was a reasonable rent. Uh, I want to say probably 2000 which isn't that reasonable. Um, but because it was a one bedroom, and it was a tiny, teeny, tiny one bedroom, but it had a big closet. So instead of setting up a bed in the living room, she set up her bed in her closet. It had an added benefit. You know, it was super dark, and people who suffer from migraines kind of like super dark rooms to restore their energy and their power. But that's not the way I want my kids to live. It's interesting because that's that's a phrase that keeps coming into my head now. That's not the way I want to live. Like when I saw my mom recently, it's not that I don't want to live like that. It's cruel. About 48% of all renters are cost burden. Representing more than 20 million Americans. Cost burdens continue to be the highest in large, historically high rent cities. Where it's getting worse and worse for middle class. So I started the segment like saying we're all different animals, right? I want to leave money behind for my children so that they can supplement their income in life and do what they really want to do. I want to leave money to my children so that they can live where they want to live. I wear the same hoodie, the same pair of jeans, same pair of shoes. My shoes, last pair of shoes I had, someone referred to them as, them your lawn mowing shoes? And the answer was, No. Um, what's kind of goofy because I'm not in a jogging phase of my life. I kind of do one year on, one year off kind of thing. And, uh, I, I, I spend money on, on running shoes, but I don't spend money on day-to-day shoes. Don't know why, but in my head, I want my kids to have a better life or at least a good life. When I saw someone living in a closet, I'm like, that can't be good. Mm. You can make the most of it and be out of the apartment. Oh, oh, oh. First girl I dated in California 20 years ago. Awesome story. She lived in Campbell, California. Christy. And uh, she's Canadian. Good day, eh? And uh, she had a teeny tiny little apartment. I'm like, ooh. So when I was visiting from the East Coast, uh, I was like, I don't know if I want to live out here because this is bad living. This is not quality of life. Because I literally had a house in Virginia. And at one point in time, historically... Had a slave kitchen. Whoa. 
that stuff is still out there on the East Coast. And you come out here and you're like, where's the land? Where's the... And Christy, this is fantastic. It was a teeny tiny little apartment. You know what her electric bill was? She showed me once. It was $4. I'm like, how do you live on $4 of electricity? Like, you're watching no TV. You're not even... She just basically ran the uh, refrigerator and that's it. She showered at the gym. When she got home from work, she would change clothes and go to the coffee store and use the coffee store's internet. Use their power cords to charge everything. She had a $4 electricity. I'm like, that's that's a little bit much. That's a little bit much, right? But it's a solution. Good news for Christy is she went on to dump me. Good for her. And she went on to get married to a wealthy man. But she's a CFO now at a top-notch company in the Bay Area. So nice little career. Nice little career. And I bet she does has a bigger than $4 electricity bill these days. So my big goal is to leave money to my kids. What's your big goal? Now, again, I, as I get older, I just don't like consumerism. I heard at the Super Bowl they're going to use uh, aluminum cups, which are way more expensive than plastic cups. But we got to start somewhere. And where I started is wearing the same shoes for years and years and years until they come into the lawn mowing shoes. I just don't, I think we're, too, and here's the crazy thing. I deal with the stock market. I need you guys to go out and spend money at stores. And here I am saying, don't spend money at stores and save more. I am a conflict of emotions. I am living in a glass cage of emotion. I, I make no sense. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Joining me now to promote a seminar coming up. Ooh, voice went dead on me. <clears throat> February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. CFP Chad Burton. Chad, retirement income planning is different for everyone. I've been talking a lot about that on the show today. We're all different. Some people want to leave money to their kids. Some people don't. But we're talking retirement planning. Uh, depending on what type of assets you have, uh, you have a different approach. You have a client at Apple that is retiring with a ton of Apple stock and a large 401k which is nice. How do you balance the single stock risk with that idea of converting the 401k to an IRA and then to a Roth? And it seems like there's math involved. And let's just say math isn't friendly to everyone. Yeah. It's, let's get technical for a Friday, right? Because we got to talk about taxes. And you, the the first thing you have to think about, too, is the single stock risk. I mean, it's hard to, whenever you're selling something, you always have to kind of train yourself. Okay, let's just not look backwards because we know we're doing the right thing to diversify and create enough cash to get through a rough time. But Apple's kind of a good example of why you had a really rough year on Apple followed by a, what, 80 plus percent rate of return. Um, so depending on your, your timing of doing everything, you have that idea that you have to create enough cash and reduce some risk so that you can make it through recessions and market pullbacks and things like that. It's, it's just really important to do. So if you're retiring with, um, two different types of assets in this case, one asset is the Apple stock, where if you sell it, you're going to pay capital gains taxes. That's one tax bracket. Then you have this 401k, and we're trying to train people to think about the idea of from the date of retirement now through age 71, because the, Re- the SECURE Act pushed off required minimum distributions 
to age 72 now. So you have from date of retirement through age 71 to do a lot of IRA or 401k to Roth conversions, where you pay a little bit of tax now and start building up a tax-free account, which will help you in the future. It will reduce your required minimum distributions in the future, which reduces your taxes in the future. So you have to really focus on that. But in this case, you also have to focus on, I don't want that much stock in one company as I retire because of the Enrons, the WorldComs, the, was it 2018 for Apple's, you know, decline. Um, so you have to be careful. What we typically do in a situation like that is we would sell enough of the Apple stock to create at least three years worth of portfolio draws. So that way we know that if the market declines between the dividends from the Apple stock and the dividends coming out of your 401k, you're going to be fine. You won't have to sell anything when the market declines, you'll let everything recover and then you can start selling again. Um, but what I would also do is sell enough to create at least my next full years of expenses. So I'd sell enough to create three years worth of portfolio draws plus everything I needed to spend in the next year. So I would do that in 2020. And the reason why I would do that in 2020 and not touching everything else is that the capital gains bracket, Rob, the, the way that it works is that you have a really large amount that gets taxed at a 0% rate. And so you have to learn how capital gains works. There's a capital gains bracket, and capital gains are if you have an asset like real estate or a stock that you've owned for over 12 months, or dividends from qualifying U.S. companies like Apple, it gets shoved into the capital gains bracket. And the first $80,000 plus either your itemized deductions or your standard deduction is taxed at 0%. Okay. All right. So if you don't have any other income and all your income is only from selling stock or dividends, you could pull up as a married couple over $100,000 of capital gains income. So that, that could create a lot of income because you have a basis on the stock plus you have the capital gains. So you could create a lot of cash or living expenses from selling um, and pay zero taxes if you do it the right way. This is kind of right. interesting because there's a phrase managing what you own is just as important as manage what you owe. And you're saying if you own stock, you can manage it and not pay taxes on it as capital gains. That is unique to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, and people try to look for like the magic, uh, you know, investment account or focus on what's your past performance and blah, blah, blah. Look, the market's going to do what it's going to do. There's so much information out there right now. Most investment shops are going to be pretty similar in terms of returns and diversification and allocation. It's all of the other stuff that you do, the tax planning, the projections, uh, running scenarios like, hey, what if I, uh, my spouse goes into a nursing home at age 75 for five years? Do I have any money left? Should I do this real estate deal? Should I pay off my mortgage? It's all these other questions that come up, right? Sure. But, but getting back to the income thing, it's, a, it's like in a big single stock situation like that, um, if it's a really large situation, you also have to kind of hedge some other sales that you want to do in the future. So what we typically do is we'll do a stock sale one year, so it's mostly capital gains. The next year, we'll do an IRA to Roth conversion so that most of the income that you're using is, is you know, you're, you're, you're straddling brackets and you're, you're converting money from your IRA to a Roth at maybe less than a 12% bracket the following year. And you kind of do one source of income one year, one IRA to Roth conversion the next year, and you, you keep staggering your income plan. I like that. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, smart planning. I, but the thing is you still have to kind of hedge that single stock risk, right? So you might do a combination of maybe trailing stop losses 
or sometimes in some situations, it's been a while where you can, uh, I don't use options to create wealth, but sometimes you can use them to protect wealth. Where if you have a large single stock position, you can uh, sell some covered calls, which limits your upside. You use that income from selling the covered calls to buy some protective puts, which can limit your downside. So it kind of, at least it gives you a known window where you're going to get your money out when you go to sell the following year or two years later. So um, it's, there's a lot of tax planning that's involved in retirement income planning. But the, the two things that you want to focus on is that capital gains bracket is different from the ordinary income tax bracket, but what hits your ordinary income tax bracket can push your capital gains to a higher capital gains tax bracket because there's a zero, a 15, and a 20% capital gains bracket. So there's two dueling brackets. The capital gains bracket was not changed in 2017. Only the ordinary income tax bracket was. So that's what made this. This is why we do this event because the 2017 Tax Act was really, really good for retirees, but it is the most complicated tax situation. It's the lowest, but the most complicated tax situation that I've been in in 25 years. We just ate up a lot of our time. Um, how about if most of your money is in a pre tax 401k? Yeah, and that's this is a good portion of America, right? Because that's where all of their savings were. You ask people, what's your biggest asset? They say their home. Nope. Your home is your biggest liability until you're going to sell it and live off of it. And that's what, that's not what most people do. So their next biggest asset is their 401k, because that's where their money went in and their employer match went in. So what you do is do some expense planning. You know How much are you going to have to draw out each year to pay for all of your expenses, plus your taxes and health care costs? And then you find out where you are in the tax bracket, because tax brackets work. There's a 0, a 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, 37% bracket, right? Sure. So you might, be, you might have some room left at the same bracket you're always going to be at. For example, the 22% federal income bracket goes from 80 grand for married couples all the way up to 171 grand of taxable income. So if you get to the end of the year and you're at you know, 160 grand of taxable income and you're always going to be at that 22% bracket, then you have $11,000 left at that bracket. Why not just convert 11000 of your IRA to a Roth now, pay the 22% bracket now, and then let that money start to build up in a tax-free Roth IRA account, and that'll give you more control over your taxes in the future. University of Chad. I love there it. There you go. Um, big seminar coming up February 6th. Concepts like this will be discussed. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25 if you haven't been to an event. Um, why is it getting some money into a Roth IRA, Roth 401k, a mega Roth, why is it so important? Because um, you do hit on that pretty hard. Yeah. Well, so what, what you see in the future is like, you know, people, what they forget to put in their expense planning is, oh, I'm going to need a new car in five to 10 years. I'm going to need to remodel my house or adjust my house because I need better access and less stairs. So maybe you do a wheelchair ramp and you have these different expenses that you need to pull out in lump sums where every time you pull a large money out of your IRA, you get this huge tax bill. So it creates a source to pull large amounts out if you need to. Roth IRA income does not count towards increasing your social security tax. You can have up to 85% of your social security can be taxable income and a Roth doesn't you know, count towards that. It also doesn't count towards a person having to pay more Medicare premiums than their neighbor because of their income. 
A lot of people don't realize that. Most people pay around 135 a month for Medicare, but if your income's high, you could pay up to 400 and something for the same crappy coverage. So it also helps to reduce what you might pay in capital gains on your stock sales and dividends in the future. And it also reduces the amount of money that you have to pull out of your 401k and IRAs at, say, age 72 when required minimum distributions hit. There's tons of advantages for it. It also goes to your heirs totally tax-free. So we've got about a little over a minute. What's the best asset to use to pay for nursing homes and major health expenses? Because they are big in retirement. Yeah, we work with people a lot on this where we find out, you know, um, somebody's gone into a nursing home or some, something like that, and all of a sudden their their medical expenses are so high because you're talking ninety to a hundred thousand in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they don't have enough taxable income to use up those deductions. So sometimes you either do a Roth conversion to eat up that deduction. Or you use your IRAs to pay for that cost, um, and that allows you to pull money out of your IRAs pretty uh, tax efficiently because you have that large healthcare deduction. Sounds good, Chad. We'll see you February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. People can go to your webpage right now, newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of good free downloadables, plus there's content tied towards what is all going to happen at the seminar. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Thanks very much, Chad. And again, a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Investing in more. I'm Rob Black. And much, much more. I'm more than Rob Black. I'm bigger than Shaka Khan. I know you're saying who? Exactly. I was at a a financial industry event. kind of an expo, not an expo, but uh, kind of a learning seminar thing. And uh, they always plan these events for like three days, and it always closes with a band. And let's just say it was awful. Shaka Khan comes out, and the financial industry is just filled with Caucasian males, typically a little older. And to see 50-year-old puffy white guys dancing to Shaka Khan and freaking out like it's the first concert they've ever seen, it was entertaining. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, hotels have changed a lot in the last three years because of Millennials. If you take a look at it, hotels are competing with Airbnb, right? On a level. Um, and there's more wine tasting and there's more things like Netflix in the room. Uh, there, Some hotel chains are starting to buy Pelotons that you can have put in the room for you. So you don't have to miss your routine. But one of the ones that I find pretty interesting is single-use plastics. The hotel industry hates that. There's little shampoo bottles because it's... You use it, you throw it away, and it goes in the ocean. I mean, how does it go straight in the ocean? I don't know, but let's just hypothetically say it goes straight in the ocean. Um, So they've started, I've seen hotels as I I travel. I travel the world because I'm a world traveler. As I travel, I've seen more hotels go into the the little pump system, and they lock the shampoo into the wall, and uh, I love it. I think that's a great idea. We can do little things like that, but that's kind of a millennial push. Because I grew up in an age where when we were drinking a soda, 
whether it be in a glass container or a plastic container, while we're driving, we just throw it right out the window. Littering was okay. No, it wasn't really okay. But at one point in time, we didn't have laws to stop littering on freeways. Now there's a big fine for it. My, that's, that's my contribution to the planet is I no longer throw glass out the window. And I really didn't do that, but you get the idea. It did happen. So the millennials are, are getting a big push right now um, on the single-use plastics. But one of the things with hotels is a lot of millennials don't want their room cleaned. Uh, skipping out on housekeeping is good for the planet, but workers say it hurts their wages. It's sometimes the things that you don't think about. Like, I'm not going to feel bad for the single-use plastic guy. I used to sell single-use plastic shampoo bottles to hotels, and I made billions. But I do feel bad for the housekeeper who is getting is losing cleaning duties. The Washington Post highlighted a recent trend of hotels incentivizing guests to forego housekeeping services. While billed as being environmentally friendly, it does hurt people's hours that they work per week. And again, you could feel really good about it, but as you're walking out of that hotel, you see the person who's homeless, because trust me, housekeepers aren't making a ton of money. Um, it has ramifications. It's one of the things I really, really try to push in financial planning issues is unintended consequences. Maids and housekeepers in the industry, uh, hotel industry, earn about $23,000 a year. So, I don't know. You know, I guess on one hand, I could say, go get a better education so you don't have to be a lowly housekeeper. But that's not the right thing to say out loud. You know, we do need more education in the United States, higher education. And I don't think we're really accomplishing that terribly well. I can tell you some of the kids in my, uh, some of the, I I don't want to say that. I was going to say, I've met some children who are less than smart. But I'm not going to bash the school system. Well, my kid's still in it. So, whoops, I kind of just did. I think my wife went and said, don't ever say anything bad about the school. She does talk like that, by the way. What do you love, Daniel? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The law of unintended consequences. Um, A small little sideshow recently happened in Asia where the coronavirus is unfolding. And one of the stories coming out is people buying masks and China having to go out and punish retailers who are jacking the price on medical masks. Watch out for price gougers. Watch out for disaster situations. It happens all the time. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Easy parking, easy to get to. 6.30 Thursday evening, the 6th of February. We'll only waste two hours of your time. I find that people start losing interest in, in retaining information sometimes around two hours, so that's why we do it at that area. 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the area. If you want to sign up for the event, you can do it. Head to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. And use code radio25 to get into the event for free. So the Super Bowl is kind of a big deal in TV. But in reality, it's starting to lose its its cachet. 100 million eyeballs 
It's almost replicatable. There was a kid, an influencer, who hired a Billie Eilish lookalike in Santa Monica to walk around near the, the beach. And then they did some cheers. And they threw the Billie Eilish lookalike up in the air. She had the green hair, the black baggy clothes. And Billie Eilish got really, really mad about it. Because she's like, that's not nice to do to my fans. Because you got a lot of people excited that I was there and I wasn't. But to me, I was shocked. You know how many people saw that video? You can get 20 million hits like that now. And we think 100 million people watching the Super Bowl one day of the year is all that in a bucket of chicken for commercials. If you don't see the world changing and YouTube being a major platform, you're missing something. I own shares of Google. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big event coming up February 6th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge.